Hey, 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 it's Bay OJ, and you are tuned into the first episode of season three of The Motion, a debate podcast which sees two guests with conflicting opinions engage in an intellectual tug of war to sway my vote to their side of the motion. From music to culture, society to sports, the topic may vary from week to week, but one thing is always guaranteed, and that is that your emotions will be set in motion. Today's debate is inspired by Clubhouse, or what I like to call Twitter on steroids, an app-centred around audio-only conversation which some people might call chaos. Clubhouse, like many apps, has given everybody a microphone. And this led me to think, should you have to read or be knowledgeable about a particular topic to have an opinion on it? Or does every and anyone have the right to an opinion? Before you get tired of my voice, let me introduce today's debaters. We've got Maro. Hey. Also known as the political baby. Hey. <laughs> and we've also got Nicola. Hey. Normally I'd introduce the guest myself, but I can't even lie. The intros they sent me were just too legendary. I don't think I could do them justice. So go ahead, Maro and Nicola. Tell the listeners who you are and what you're about. My name is Maro. I'm a politics student at the Cambridge University. I'm also the host of the political baby podcast which aims to make academia sexy by breaking down all things politics econ pop culture and academic theory into sexy digestible info i am equipped for this conversation because well duh my entire brand is about democratizing knowledge so you guys should check out the podcast now you see exactly why only maro could say that and Nicola, who are you? 23 years old. Uh, I'm a Leo, which I love to share with everybody. <laughs> I'm currently a marketing consultant for a data company in the US. And I studied philosophy and literature at the University of Warwick. I'm equipped for this conversation because I just like every conversation and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get into the opening statements, I have a question to give the audience just a bit more insight into who you are. I wait to imagine there's someone there who has never read a book before and you need to get them into reading with this one book. This person is low-key me, but you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> one book to win over someone that has never read a book before. Knots and Crosses, Mallory Blackman. It's the first book I ever read. The only reason I read so much is because of that book. And she's so talented. And I met her, so I'm a bit, like, I'm a bit of a Mallory stan. And Mari? Oh, that's a tough one. I would say Half of a Yellow Sun by Chimamanda Adichie, because she is my absolute fave. She introduced me to feminism. And I've met her twice now, so oh, <laughs> I love her. Okay, you guys, the just name drop it all over the place. Great, so now you have two new books to read if you haven't read them already, but let's get into the opening statements. A rough summary of what you think and why. Nicola, take us away. I think to properly have this debate or this conversation, we need to define what an opinion is. So an opinion is a view, you know, a position someone has. And the key point <laughs> is that it does not necessarily need to be a fact or it doesn't need to be based on knowledge and I think by that alone it's really unfair and a little bit problematic as well to kind of claim that one has to read in order to have an opinion. Yes you do have to read and by read I really mean you need to have some level of knowledge to have an opinion. We tend to take information from other people and not having the source from which it comes from I think can make you very dogmatic and I don't think in life you should be dogmatic. You should be able to have things that form your position. I feel like there are other ways to access information. So I'm not in the favor of, yes, we have to gatekeep or it has to be elitist for you to access knowledge. 
Okay, two very interesting takes, and I definitely agree with aspects of what you've both said. But now I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into your stances and try and knock you off your positions with some interrogation. Part of the many unnecessary things that the IB makes you do is something called a theory of knowledge. All the different ways there are to know. Yes, there's reason, but there's also emotion, intuition, imagination, memory, faith, sense perception. And I think that a lot of like knowledge or what we consider as knowledge may be sort of go towards the side of reason. And so I want to kind of ask Maro, to what extent can you just have a gut feeling without having to sort of read up on it to just know? Your intuition is what is really guiding your opinion rather than knowledge. I'm someone who I would say I have very strong intuition. I have a very strong gut feeling. It's, it's fine for that to form a preliminary, would I say, worldview. For example, I grew up and I knew that based on my gut feeling, I shouldn't be treated any differently than men, right? Mm. I think it can only take you so far. I do think that things still inform what we know as gut feelings. They don't just come out, out of a vacuum. You may have seen something, you may have heard something. But I think really what made that gut feeling more sophisticated or I think validated that intuition was access to knowledge. Okay, I think that's a really interesting point, especially the feminism one. I agree with you, Mara. I think sometimes it is important to have the words. So when I was younger, I think I was around 13, and someone asked me if I was a feminist, and I said no. I didn't really feel that connected to everything that we were being taught because I was like... This feels wrong. There's like so much happening in the world, for example, with like FGM and stuff like that. We were being taught to be feminists, but it felt like a very particular type of feminism that I didn't really ascribe to. And so my answer was, I don't think I'm a feminist. Um, so on the one hand, I was a feminist. I just wasn't a white feminist, but I didn't know how to say that. I had the opinion, I guess you could say, but then mm. the opinion I had isn't matching what I'm saying. I think the thing with people that believe that they're well-read, and I want to really separate this because <laughs> there's a difference between actually being well-read and people that think that they're well-read. What we've come to is a point where people are isolating those that can't necessarily understand. Like you said, you, you didn't have the words for it. And it's funny because I had kind of a similar experience to you if it were, I was like, I don't really know if I'm a feminist. I'm being taught by someone that's already kind of got this superior kind of thought and is telling it in their own way and isn't kind of ins inspiring me to go and find out more. Of course, I'm going to feel like I don't really want to know this. Academic elitists want to lock you away from their, you know, ports of, of knowledge. And it's crazy because the beauty of knowing is to be able to share that. And we've come to a point where that is no longer a thing. It's all about showing off how much you know, rather than, okay, look, I've got it. Now let me share that with you. The key to what you just said there is that it's not, do, are you reading or are you not? It's sort of like what you're doing with it, which goes way beyond the actual act of reading or the act of being knowledgeable. Say we say that everyone has the right to an opinion. Does everyone have the right to share that opinion? It's so dependent on context. It's very dependent on who your audience is and the sensitivities that are kind of around that. So let's use, you know, Clubhouse. If the room is kind of geared toward, as a black woman, you know, I want to have the space to kind of vent and, and express how I feel about X. 
I don't want to feel like I need to have read 7,000 books or have engaged with podcasts and literature in order for me to express my rage or my disappointment or even my joy at something. I don't need to have to feel that because the setting of the room is for me to be able to express myself versus having a room that is maybe geared to educating. Then I think we have a very different conversation. For instance, you had that room about... um, the COVID vaccine, you know, where there were actual professionals that were there. It's it's very, very dependent on the context. And I think what's happening now is that you can't possess an opinion on something without having a reason why. That's very dangerous because sometimes I just don't like it or sometimes I just do like it and sometimes I'm just really irritated by this and there's no kind of context to it and and that's literally it um but I think it's very very dangerous how we police the sharing of opinion so Maro uh you might find this a little bit triggering oh my god what is going on okay tell me what's going on obviously you're Cambridge educated fantastic university mm-hmm. I don't oh my think god, that I know where this is going I don't think anyone can ever take that away. But I've been in conversations where someone has been like, oh, he went to Cambridge, so, you know, there's no point arguing with him. What that can do is kind of kill curiosity in people who haven't been able to get to these areas. And I think someone I think is really interesting to bring into this conversation is Cardi B, because Mm. you can kind of see that curiosity in sort of, like, wanting to know. And you could say Mm -hmm. that if we don't sort of open up this idea of what knowledgeable is or this idea of what having an opinion is, you might kill people who have curiosity like Cardi B and actually kill that opportunity to know more and to form opinions because you're kind of like stopping them very early on in their tracks. Yes, I think if we narrow it down to, let's say, just reading there is a level of elitism and I think that's why I, you know, shameless plug, but I try to do with my podcast because I do feel we need to democratize knowledge in that sense. Now, Cardi B is someone I've actually spoken about. You know, She is someone who is a critical thinker. But I would like to highlight that she doesn't just have an opinion for having an opinion's sake. And that's what we really need to know. She's going to the source of knowledge itself. So she will sit down with Bernie Sanders. She will sit down with Biden. By the way, which is an example of privilege still, right because she has the money and the clout to do that but what we're seeing here is that she has an opinion but she's like ah this is not enough i need to go to a source of knowledge you really need to push further than just conviction you need to be intellectually curious to access any source of knowledge at the same time like the source how often do people read just change their opinion as opposed to read to validate their opinion and you can Mm. kind of i guess go down a sort of echo chamber in terms of the books that you're reading with politics and all of this stuff there's so many things like between these lines there's so many things that that we don't know that even if you go to a source with the biden thing it's that you know she's having conversations with certain politicians and they're kind of putting their own take on it but does their opinion or their knowledge have more weight? There are some assumptions being made um, in, in this conversation. And I think it is, number one, the infallibility of, of what knowledge is. She talks to Biden, but then that's Biden's opinion. But I think what I'm trying to hit at with the Cardi B experience is that I'm trying to highlight various ways that we can express intellectual curiosity that I think can inform a position, which is my main point. How do we access forms of knowledge, which will look very differently across different people. But what I'm trying to highlight is 
look, she's attempting to access or know more, right? And go beyond herself. I think it's down to the specificity of the individual. Really, that same individual that is all consumed by knowledge could also, if they did not have that knowledge, could be all consumed by ignorance. See, knowledge is like an empty vessel. You do what you want with it. If I say, oh, I'm going to look at all this reading so you can validate my opinion, that's what, exactly what you're going to do. That is mm. not the fault of knowledge, that is the fault of myself. Just the same way, if I was not someone who wanted to seek knowledge, I can also be all consumed by that. I have also created mm. an echo chamber for myself. Yeah, I completely appreciate that. Before we go into the main debate, Nicola, to what extent is ignorance bliss? I was boiling every day after the whole George Floyd incident and the conversations that were going on after and the ignorance that was coming out of everyone. And I remember just turning around to one of my friends and I was just like... Imagine being a Sally who has absolutely no idea. Sorry for using the name Sally if your name is Sally. How good it must feel to not have to worry about anything that's going on around you. At the same time, I think we no longer live in a world where that's okay anymore. Do you not feel like, I guess, the extreme of your position could lead to a world of ignorance? Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> this is why I wanted to like differentiate the difference between people that are like really well-read and people that just think that they're well-read. One of my favourite philosophers, Socrates, he has something called the Socratic Method, if you've ever heard of it. And what he used to do is kind of invite people who had really, really fixed views or opinions on life. He'd kind of welcome them to his house and to have a soiree and and he'd allow people to kind of voice their really really incredibly fixed opinions on things and what he'd do is he'd just sit down and he'd just like pick it apart just very slowly with people that have these really fixed opinions they, they, they don't realize what's going on around and I think a lot of people need to have very serious conversations with themselves about what they think is is truth so and you real. think by encouraging I guess more people to have opinions there'll be less ignorance um no I think if I go back to Socrates one of his like most famous quotes is I know that I know nothing and that kind of person a person that accepts that that they don't know everything and so they're happy to kind of consume different things in order to build their opinions and their positions that's the best kind of person to be less ignorant is to accept a that there are other opinions but also be prepared to engage with those opinions to then further their own positions on things lovely 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 and um Mara <laughs> Nicola May raised a very interesting example which was Black Lives Matter we saw um infographic Twitter infographic Instagram if you guys mm. know what that is oh I have no choice but to know what it is Every other day. <laughs> People doing all this really pretty infographic. And it was a beautiful thing because it made it so accessible to everyone. Like, they'll do really cutesy things. Five ways to dismantle structural <laughs> racism through Instagram. And, you know, apart from that, we had people writing doing very incredible resources for white people about, you know, reading lists. <laughs> she actually laughed. It's, it's funny. And we laugh about it. But what, what I think, I think that made me inform the position that I have now. Mm. We all acknowledged that just saying racism is bad was not enough. There was almost this kind of silent consensus where everyone said, you have to take this bigger and further than you. Tap into sources of knowledge to interrogate that. It's not enough to just let it end at, oh, oh man, like racism, I guess that's not cool. Yeah. You, yeah. Know? you know what I mean? 
It's now time for the main debate. My favourite part of the motion. I'm no longer a buffer. Mario and Nicola, you are free to interrogate each other. Point out the weakest sides of the opposing arguments. There's plenty of time to make up afterwards, so don't be afraid to be a little bit ruthless. Let's get into it. If I just go back to the actual question, do you need to be read to have an opinion? Like, to, to simply answer that question, it's no. I and mean, I think Mara would agree with that. I mean, obviously you're free to, to challenge me on that. But I think the world we live in today is me saying that I really like having avocados for breakfast and someone telling me that, oh my God, it's a privilege and you're looking down at every single person that doesn't can't have avocado for breakfast. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, opinions are made every single day. It's unconscious, it's conscious. A lot of it's happening every single day single moment. Now the problem, and the reason why obviously I think that FA you started this, was we've come to kind of this intersection that I like to call adulthood, where basically those that were educated at really, really high ranking institutions have kind of graduated with a really, really fun reading list. And they're just thrown into into a world with people who maybe didn't go to school, people who maybe left school early, or people that just didn't want to read a book and wanted to do something practical instead. Now, at this intersection, what you have is academic elitist or, you know, social discourse warriors, I like to call them sometimes, that are literally prepared to start a war because, like I said earlier, you can't have an opinion if it's not support, like supported by fact. And I think if you can't even have a thought that is isolated from, you know, tons and tons of like knowledgeable entities, it just becomes a little bit exhausting. And, and honestly, I've actually come to a point where I've started to just disengage with like everything because everyone, everyone just needs to say, oh my God, think pieces everywhere. And it's like... Sorry to interject, but on the topic of think pieces, I don't even know if I'll air if this. If I don't, if I don't. But <laughs> I just got to say it. I got to say it. I was on Twitter yesterday and I saw hashtag Gorilla Glue Saga. Laid edges and the trauma of black beauty standards. Like, come on, and guys. I really just was thinking, at what point <laughs> does a lady who has an unfortunate accident with Gorilla Glue, and I'm so happy that she got it out of her hair, does that become an expose on the trauma <laughs> of black beauty standards? Can we have a rest? Like, actually. As you were. It's everywhere you go. And it's like, I get it. You really want to show us how much, you know, you've, you've read up on this stuff. And I completely applaud you. But sometimes, like, just let people be. Nicola, you raised very good points. I think we need to be careful. And I say this because I think people conflate by saying, oh, you need to tap into knowledge sources, knowledge resources, you know, to somewhat validate or invalidate your opinion, almost mm. conflating that with academic Twitter. And academic Twitter, just to briefly define it, I would say in many <laughs> ways I'm on academic Twitter. Lovely PhD students, lovely academics who are on Twitter who just write pieces and, you know, they make this um, information accessible. I think we try to conflate it and say, oh, yeah, by reading that you are part of this or that this is, this is what it means to be knowledgeable. And I, I need us to not do that. <laughs> For example, the Gorilla Glue Girl incident. It doesn't need an expose, but if someone needs to write an expose on it, it will be right. Because funny enough, just this morning, I woke up and I was thinking about her and I was like, you know what? I think this ties into black beauty standards. Fair enough. But that's just the nerd in me. But you don't have to do that. And I think that's what I'm, I was trying to really get at with this debate, that knowledge will look very differently. But I want people to aspire to 
tap into some vessel of knowledge. Another thing I want to touch on is it's true. Opinions, in terms of opinion formation, many things go into that. Your environment, the people you talk to, and also gut and conviction. But where I think we need to be more careful, and I think where you need to tap into some form of knowledge source, is when it now comes into knowledge sharing when you now go into clubhouse we have seen it right people who have nothing but conviction and vibes just saying jack lupe fiasco is a rapper he came into this room socialism versus capitalism did not even know the wikipedia definition just vibes right (laughs) just vibes by being knowledgeable or being read that doesn't look like one thing just to wrap up there's actually a great book called hood feminism by i think mickey kendall and her type of feminist theory is drawing on lived experiences of people mm-hmm. into a book. That is a knowledge source, drawing mm-hmm. on, on something bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by knowledge doesn't look one type of way. If we're kind of going to talk about, you know, black feminism, I think some black women who do experience the same experiences that other well-read black women have, but can't necessarily voice that in a way, I don't want to say that they're belittled, but it almost does feel like sometimes their views don't count. It's sad to see sometimes. And and don't get me wrong, I don't like people just kind of saying things for the sake of saying I'm definitely one of those people. But I do think sometimes there should be room for them to voice it. If they've got it wrong, let's teach them and correct them in a way that doesn't make them feel like their opinion was never valued in the first place. I I do agree with you in in the sense of like knowledge sharing is really important and it should be policed in a way that's, you know, good for conversation. But also at the same time, how do we ever move forward if we don't even allow ourselves a chance to fully accept what people are saying, to get better at whatever is being said and then progress from there? We just end up being in a loop because no one is listening to anybody. Do you know what I mean? When I brought up the Lupe Fiasco and Clubhouse, other people who knew more, they came up and were trying to engage very constructively Mm. in that conversation. And he was Mm. like, oh, no, 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 no. What is happening, and I'm seeing here, there's a tendency to almost be good cop, bad cop, where the ignorant ones mm. are, you know, this, could I say this, people who are being dogpiled on and bullied all the time, and then you now have these fierce professors, <laughs> they are books and what, wait, wait, let's look at the Tiffany Haddish situation, right, where she dogpiled on, mm-hmm. on a medical professional who knew about vaccines, and you know, they, she was trying to have that constructive criticism, she wasn't trying to beat Tiffany Haddish with the head like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, and these are my many degrees, mm-hmm. but we also have to understand that there are many times where the ignorant want to stay ignorant, I don't want us to play into this binary stereotype where, you know, you have this la-di-da, switched up the nose um, academics or well-read people who don't want to engage, who want to batter you, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen but there is effort especially by POC people especially people who are from marginalized background into this space who are trying to do the work to democratize that knowledge so that it's a very good space for people to be wrong I completely understand what you're saying Mara and I and I do feel like it's very easy to kind of come for the academic side of this but I will say hmm how do I say this Dr Umar Johnson (laughs) for example It's difficult to say this without, you know, sounding a certain way. But I think that there are people that are spewing what a lot of people may consider 
ignorance. As you guys were talking, in my head, I was like, I actually have to make a decision. I don't actually know where I'm going. Like, let me get to the to the root of this conversation. Where does harm actually happen? And I think on the one yeah. hand, harm happens when someone doesn't feel like they have the right to share their opinion. I think that's really, really damaging because I will say like growing up, around girls that don't look like you you can easily be ignorant you could easily become a coon if i hadn't been in a situation where i felt i guess in a safe place enough to say something ignorant and for someone to check me i may have that thought go unchecked but harm also happens where someone has a microphone who maybe shouldn't have a microphone dr uma and i also um feel like there were kind of issues with bk chat as well and this is not Mm -hmm. because of like the people that were speaking i think it was sometimes they got people together who had clout who were creative and they were giving them topics that actually just made them look kind of stupid and it became a thing where we were laughing at them it was entertainment for us to laugh at them but no actual real conversation was happening and so I think on the other hand, when you, I guess, give people like the platform to spew ignorance, it, is, it can be just as damaging. The problem with opinions, like I said at the beginning or during my opening statement, is it is your interpretation. And your interpretation, newsflash, can be very, very wrong. But do you not feel like sometimes there needs to be, I guess, a source a source that shows you whether it's wrong or right or where you can explain to that person why their opinion is wrong for example if we and you are or even all three of us are having a conversation mm. and, I, and I'm saying things that are wrong and you're, you're just saying that's wrong that's harmful there's nothing that you're pointing me towards to that's silly <laughs> so that's what I'm saying do you not think it's good in that case to have like I guess a source that you can point people to, you can point people to a bank of like resources or bank of knowledge that they can read to them rather than just saying it's wrong. You know, Nicola does talk a lot about, you know, you should have the right to share an opinion and, you know, you should be corrected. And I agree. But how does it get corrected? And I think that you made you made a fantastic point, which is you can't just you can't go on vibes like it, it then it's the blind leading the blind i can't you can't come here when talking about oh reverse racism is a, is real and i say no it's not and you know they're like yes it is and it's, it's a case of no it's not yes it is no it's not you, yeah. you, know, you know what i mean but i can say you know what hey look these are a plethora of, of, of sources that you can plug in and build or even if i don't take you through these sources but i can build a solid argument. I think it goes back to Faye's point about it's it's really unfortunate that you know sometimes you you have to use words to explain your disposition or your position. <laughs> but you know what? That's that's life when it comes to knowledge sharing. It forces you to have some level of um, string of argument, or else it's just a case of people coming saying, "No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's all vibes." <laughs> <laughs> or nothing but vibes. But I can tell you, hey, structural race, uh, reverse racism is not a thing because, you know, racism is power plus prejudice and it has to be structural. You know what I mean? So I think from a place of correction, you can't correct on vibes. Someone has to know what's up. Someone has to know what's good. Um, and I think that just really ties into the point. Yes, you can share your opinion if you don't know. And, and then hope for correction. But that correction has to come from somewhere. Can everything be true? No. No. You need to break this down ASAP. Do you mean can like two can can two things be true at the same? Is that what you mean? No, I think I think I know that two things can be true at the same time. And I think I'm taking <laughs> it out to can everything be true? Because I feel like every opinion, you can go into it enough 
I'll back it up a lot. That is true. Maybe not true as the word for what it is. I think it can be substantiated. Is that a better word? I'm not sure. I think if you go, it's like those serial killer movies. If you go deep enough into their psyche, you can justify, almost justify why mm. they did what they did. Do you know what I mean? So I think with every opinion, if you look far enough and see what's influenced them in all these different areas, absolutely, you can probably find a way to validate why their opinion is right. Doesn't mean it is. It just means that you can find enough, re- enough evidence to say that they go. Yeah, 100%. I think not everything is true, but you can make anything convincing. The one hand, I'm thinking if, if everything could be true, then like maybe everyone could just have an opinion there because if they've read it, they've not, that they can find something that is true in that. And I guess also on, the, on like the incredible side, if everything is true, then nothing is true. And I also don't know where that um, leads me as well. But before I make my decision, it's now time for your closing statements. Your last chance to get me on your side in 30 seconds or less. Let's go. <laughs> Obviously, people can have opinion. No one's going to beat you over the head with a stick. But it's a question of should, should everyone. Um, and I think you can reach out of yourself. And I think that's my point. As long as you go beyond yourself to validate that opinion, and also in terms of infusing knowledge when you are sharing an opinion, that is very valid. But there needs to be knowledge at some point of the opinion because I think it creates this level of logic and explanation and a chain of reason that is very very important i think the earliest grammatical text i think is like seven thousand years old you know people are able to invent create evolve survive most of humanity without having to read and they had like opinions and thoughts and that was fine there is no right opinion like that's actually impossible to get you have that you need to not only acquire the knowledge you also have to have the ability to get away from your own biases in your mind you can't have a right opinion so i don't think that they should be policed in how they're acquired Mario, you, you want a world where you're not trying to police knowledge, you just want more people to be knowledgeable. And I think that's a world that I can definitely get behind. And Nicola, that's the thing, it's the same. I guess it's opening the conversation, but it, you're not necessarily opening up through knowledge, you're opening up through, I guess, freedom of expression. Um, may have simplified it a little bit, but I think that's where I'm seeing the differences in. Ah! Oh my God! <laughs> I don't know where, where I'm at. Um, okay, I've made my decision. Something Mauro said is like sticking in my head. Is the thing about you can't really be correcting someone of vibes. That's just ringing in my head. And I think that for that reason, Mauro, you've like won the debate. <laughs> I'm crying. What's my prize, baby? <laughs> I'm crying. I, I think that's it. Like, with racism, that's the thing. Like, so many of my guy friends have just been like, oh, why do black women have it worse off than black men? And literally, oh, when you take it down God. to the fact of, like, structural racism and we have two things against us, it's so much easier for them to get it rather than me just saying, life's unfair, life's unfair, life's unfair. And so... Should everyone be able to express their opinion? I think absolutely. But it's that when you're like mm. correcting someone, when you're checking people, you can't really be doing that based on vibes. What a way to start season three. It's what the motion is all about. Getting people together to express, to challenge, to learn. But the conversation does not stop here. Follow us on Instagram at motion underscore. Tweet us your thoughts at pod underscore. Send us an email, themotionpodcast at gmail.com. And listen to our radio show every Sunday live on Wizard Radio for 5pm. Be blessed, stay safe and have a wonderful week.